0: that um they say confession is good for the soul and so i have a confession for you this morning but before uh i just confess uh i have a feeling you'll probably need to confess as well has anybody here ever been guilty of stalking someone on facebook come on let's stop looking at me with those condemning eyes you know you know i we all do it i remember um uh, she's, I don't think she's here. Maybe she's watching online. I, I don't know. I, I may pay for this later. But when Seth started uh, dating uh, his now wife, uh, even I just had a hunch of who it was. I immediately went on Facebook and started stalking her, right? Because if she's going to marry my son, you know, I got to know a little bit more about her. And so uh, all of us have done that at some time. And the reality is, is that Facebook actually is, is a way that you get to know a lot about people, right? Some things. You wish you didn't know about them, but uh, there's a lot of ways that, that you get to know people by on Facebook. So can we stalk me for a minute on Facebook, all right? We're just going to stalk me for a moment. Just pretend you're at your computer, you're getting ready to stalk me, and this is a little bit about me, okay? As I was thinking about that, I, I thought, you know, when I, when I think, especially that top list there, when I was thinking about that, I, I began to think about how much those things really define who I am as a person. The fact that I'm a Christ follower, a disciple maker, a husband, a father, a brother, a friend, a pastor, and an avid outdoorsman. Those are all things that really identify and define who I am as a person. They really are a lot about who, who I am. And and I will actually go to some great extremes to really fit into that um into that identity, because identity is important to us, right? Who we are as people, how we identify is, is important. And um, sometimes our identity is based upon things even from the past. There have been situations that have happened to us. There have been things, both good and bad, that really have defined who we are as as people. And so our identity is very, very important to us. i hold that thought just for, for a second. Earlier... Uh, Laney and Jada read a, a portion of Scripture from the book of Acts. We're in this series on the book of Acts. It's called The Launch. And what has taken place is we're beginning to look at how God is using uh, His people, this community, uh, to uh, really launch the Christian faith into um, into history. And all throughout history, the Christian faith has been this very influential uh, piece of 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 truth that has made its way throughout history. And what is beginning to take place in Acts, especially in this uh, verse, these chapters, that, this chapter of these verses that we read earlier, is this group of people is beginning to identify themselves as a group of people. These are, are people who were followers of Jesus Christ. They are new followers to Jesus Christ. And what begins to take place is they begin to identify themselves as a group of people. But they're not just identifying themselves as just any group of people. They are truly beginning to identify themselves as followers of Jesus. Their identity who they are as people, is really wrapped up in this idea that they are a community of people who are Jesus' followers. And this becomes a very strong piece of identification of who they are as people. As a matter of fact, Peter, the, uh, uh, one of the characters in the scripture that was read, he later writes a letter uh, to, some, to the believers who are scattered all across the known world at the time. And he says to them, you were once not a people. He calls them a A order of of priests. He says, you were once not a people, but now you are God's people. And so this identity begins to develop around who they are as individuals. And they say, uh, the scripture says that they went throughout the every day, in verse 42, it says, every day in the temples and from house to house, they were declaring that Jesus is the Messiah. Now, um, for us, when we hear that phrase, that Jesus is the Messiah, it, it's a word that for those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, uh, we we are people who, um, we say that word and we, we know that word, and uh, it, it's pretty common for us, but when this group of people, when they said, Jesus is the Messiah, this was a loaded word for them. This idea of a Messiah, this... Uh, proclamation that a Savior, that a Messiah was coming was, some, was something that had been part of their culture for literally thousands of years. For literally thousands of years, they had been talking, they had been writing about this Messiah that would come. And for them, it was someone who would be a political uh, deliverer. Not only a political deliverer, it would be someone who would was, spiritual, was a spiritual leader as well. And so this idea of a Messiah is just a very loaded term for them. It, it says a lot about who they are. Their identity is in this idea that someday a Messiah, a Savior, a Deliverer would come. And their identity is wrapped up in this. And these people, uh, these early followers of Jesus Christ, they are beginning to proclaim that Jesus is the Messiah. This is big stuff for them because they had to come to this realization. Remember, Jesus had died. He had been buried. He had come back to life. And and now He's ascended into heaven. And they have to be realizing that this Jesus who they're proclaiming as a Messiah is not the political deliverer they thought He was going to be. But they begin to get this richer, deeper understanding of who this Jesus Messiah was they begin to understand that he came not to deliver them politically, but that he came to deliver them from the powers of darkness that were oppressing them. Um, For most of history, including most of the world today actually, people believe, um, and rightfully so, I'll, I'll explain in a moment, people believe that there are... Forces of darkness, that there are powers of darkness that are at play within our world, that oppress us, that, that um, really force us and, and trick us. And, and people believed that um, these forces were at work in their lives in, th- in ways that they could not see or even control. The Apostle Paul, uh, he actually speaks to the truth of this, right? In Ephesians chapter 6, if, we, if you read Ephesians chapter 6, he says, we don't just wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the principalities and the, and the powers of darkness in, in the spiritual realm. What has happened, though, is in the Western world, um, I, I just say it, in the Western world, we have tried to, to scientifically and... Um, and logically explain everything away to where we can we can measure and we can understand why everything is happening, and, and as a result, we have pushed away our even need for a savior right because this early group of people they 're beginning to understand that this savior has come to deliver them from the powers of darkness, and, and we have tried to to rationalize and we 've tried to figure things out in, in, in such a way that We can do it all on our own. But what begins to happen is Jesus. What Jesus really wants to do, and since as as followers of 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 Christ, we have to acknowledge that there are spiritual dark, there are spiritual powers, there are spiritual things at play that we do not see or understand. We have to acknowledge that what we need is someone who is actually able to deliver us from those things. We actually have to come to this point where we know that we need a Savior. And the Savior that we're longing for is not just the Savior that will deliver us from political oppression. We are needing of a Savior who will deliver us from the powers of darkness that seek to destroy our life. Jesus becomes our Messiah because Jesus wants to deliver us from those things, remember I said earlier, there's things in our past that identify us, that really defines us. There's things that have happened to us, both good and bad. There's things in our past sometimes that really, um, challenges us and, and causes us not to see us as the people God has created us to fully become. And those things, they, they have a tendency to haunt us. They have a tendency to come back on our, our lives all the time. And Jesus is our Savior. He is our Messiah, our Messiah because He has come to deliver us from those. Jesus is our Messiah. We identify with Him because he has, he has come to help us to no longer conform to the patterns of this world, as, as Paul would say in Romans, but to be transformed. This does not happen on our own. We need a Messiah. We must identify with Jesus Christ as the Messiah because He is the only one that ultimately can offer hope and freedom. This group of people... Began to identify themselves as followers of Jesus Christ. Not just a normal, ever ordinary, an ordinary group, but someone whose life was rooted deep in the person of Jesus Christ. As a result, this group of people became a very loyal group of people. If you see how the story unfolds uh, that was read earlier, uh, let me just back up. In, in Acts chapter 4, the same story plays out. They are brought in and um, they are threatened. You can never speak of this man named Jesus again. And, and what do they do? They go out and they they just say it. They, they just begin to preach again. In, the sto- in chapter 5, which you read today, in about verses 40, we have them being brought in and they are flogged. Now... Uh, public flogging is not something in our culture, but this was serious business. This was a pretty violent um, s- sort of, of, of punishment. And they are flogged, and they are told to never speak of Jesus again. And that's verse 40. And in verse 42, what do we find them doing? We find them immediately going out, and every day, in the temple courts, from house to house, they are proclaiming the good news of Jesus I realize not everybody here um, watches action movies. I, I love to watch action movies, and I'm always, uh, I'm always um, just excited. Uh, I, I'm rooting for the, the person. They, they, they are captured. This is what happens. They are captured and they are tortured. And what they want them to do is they want them to spill the information, right? This plays out in movie after movie. You know, they get out the little snippers, or you know, chop their fingers off. All this bad stuff is going to happen to them. But if they'll just talk, everything will be cool, right? This happens over and over and over again in action movies. And I'm always just rooting for, for the person. Like, you know, just stay strong. You can do it. You know, you, you, you don't have to talk. This is exactly what is happening in Acts, only opposite. They are threatening with serious punishment if they talk. But what we have happened is a group of people who are, who are very loyal. They're very loyal, and their identity is in Jesus Christ. And as a result, they are willing to put everything on the line. They're willing to sacrifice everything for the sake of Christ. Um, I I showed you my profile picture earlier, or not my picture, but the info, and there's a lot of things about me that didn't even make the list. Uh, There's things, the fact that I'm I'm a Reds fan, I'm a a Colts fan, I'm a a Pacers fan, I I prefer, prefer to drive a pickup truck over a car any day of the week. Um, the just list just goes on and on. But it's not an accident that um, those didn't even make the list. Because while those are important to me, um, they're not completely who I am as a person. They're sort of just loosely connected to my identity. If I am, if I am forced to make a decision about um, my family or about my faith, um, I, I am going to stick to that. If someone comes to me and, and they're threatened to torture me because I'm a Reds fan, I'm like, you're right, they're really not even that good. <laughs> I, I see you, Cory, sporting the, the, the Cardinals shirt there. And you're, you know, because they are not completely uh, wrapped up in my identity. While I watch my, I enjoy them, they don't really define who I am. The fact that I'm a father, the fact that, that I, I'm a husband, the fact that I'm a disciple-maker, the fact that I'm a, a follower of Jesus Christ, those define who I am. And I will go to my grave for those. And so what begins to happen is this, this group of people, they begin to identify with Jesus Christ. And, and they are so identified with Him that their loyalty is to Him is so rich And I am convinced that what begins to take place is the world around them can no longer deny that there must be something to what they're saying because this group of people are willing to go to the wall for it. Those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, we have to ask ourselves honestly, are we willing, are we truly willing to sacrifice everything for the sake of the cause, for the sake of Jesus Christ, who is our true identity. Are we willing to offer everything up to Him? I think sometimes we think that, you know, um, if God asked me to do something really big, I think I'd be willing to do it. I mean, if if God asked me to sell everything and move to Africa, I I think if you put that kind of call on my my life, I'd be willing to do that. But but sometimes God doesn't ask us to do just those big things. Sometimes God asks us to do the things on, on an everyday basis. So God might not ask you to sell your stuff and move to Africa, but maybe He's asking you to sacrifice your comfort and your preferences for the sake of the kingdom. God may be not asking you at this moment to, to actually risk, limb your, your, your life for the sake of, of Jesus Christ, but maybe he's asking you to run the risk of rejection as you share your faith with someone who don't yet know him. This, this scenario could play out, but the question that we have to wrestle with is, are we willing to sacrifice everything. Not just the big stuff. Are we willing on a daily basis to be loyal and willing to sacrifice for the sake of the kingdom? Because if our identity is truly wrapped up in Him completely, we will, right? I, I will not sacrifice myself for the Reds fan, for being a Reds fan, I promise you. But I will put my life on the line as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a as a husband, as a, as a father. Because of this identity that they are beginning to, to find in Jesus Christ, because of the loyalty that begins to take place, they cannot help. In fact, uh, in first in, in chapter 4, I think it's about verse 20, uh, they actually make a statement, we cannot help but share the message to talk about God. Um, in, in this chapter, it says um, that they went every day in the temple and from house to house, they went sharing the message that Jesus is the Messiah. There's, there's two words that come to my mind when I, when I just re- read that verse. Two words that come to my mind. One is, it, it was consistency. This is a group of people who their faith is a consistent part of who their life. It says every day. These were not people who were following God, um, on Sabbath or on, on the first day of the week, the Sunday. These are people who every day were proclaiming and teaching the message of Jesus Christ. If our faith, if our, uh, if our spiritual life is, is merely a, a Sunday thing, we are truly, truly not truly identifying with, with Jesus as the Messiah because He is Lord of all of our life. The other word that, that came to my mind was, was this word pervasive. It says, um, from every day, from the temple to house to house. This word pervasive is a word that just kind of jumped at me, out at me. It, it's this word that means it's really throughout the whole, the whole area. Uh, it would have made sense for these people to have just have proclaimed the message of Jesus at the temple because that was the religious uh, centers of the day. But but that's not what they do. Um, They actually go from house to house. Earlier in this passage that was read, uh, the the council is talking to them, and they say, you have filled all of Jerusalem with the message. Just just let that sink in. It, It was both consistent and it was pervasive. This group of people identifying with Christ, loyal to Him, could not help but proclaim the message consistently throughout the area. You know, um, that is my hope for us as a community, that, um, that we will truly, I hope that you identify with Brookhaven Wesleyan as your church, but more importantly, I hope that you identify with Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the Savior of the world and that you realize that that you need for Him to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. I hope that there is this willingness just to put it all on the line, to sacrifice everything, to realize it's not just the big things that God may ask us, but it is the everyday decisions to follow Him, to, to, to sacrifice in both the large and the small ways. And I hope you cannot stop but I hope you cannot um, help but proclaiming the message that Jesus is the Messiah because we truly do belong to him. And and we're just going to sing that song again as as just our declaration, that it's our declaration that we we surrender our lives completely to him and that we um, are offering him everything that we have.